0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back. If this is your second time being here, or uh, if you're a new listener, welcome uh, to Crosstown Chatter. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm here alongside Connor. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, a little bit of baseball, obviously. Um, We're going to talk about some free agency, some stuff that just happened in this past week. We're going to talk about the teams going into spring training. Um, And then we're also going to talk about some specific players uh, and definitely go into a little bit of rotation, pitching rotation details. Um, But uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. What do you think about either some signings or not signings and some free agency around the league?
1: I love that Jorge Soler got his three years, uh, 42 mil. I think to the Giants, I think that's a a big bat to have there for the Giants. They've been, I feel, uh, you know, it's rough being a Cubs or a Sox fan at certain points. Uh, You know, we didn't have to hear that we were signing Aaron Judge and then him to go to the Yankees the next day or missing out on basically every big-name free agent uh, that you've been in play for for the last two, three years. Uh, So I'm happy for Jorge Soler, former Cub, World Series champion. Uh, Very happy for him. Um, and then right now, I think right now with the market, we've got some big names left. Uh, specifically, Scott Boris' guys. You got Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. So two pitchers, two hitters, and then you got some non-Boris guys: Brandon Woodruff, Liam Hendricks. Those two guys they are going to be hurt for the majority of the year, so they'll probably end up signing a two-year deal somewhere. But I think both realistically could be good fits for the for the Cubs, and probably not the White Sox for Liam Hendricks because they could have just signed him for a one-year deal and added on another one, but. Chose not to, and give him his deferred money. Then you got Brandon Belt, Trevor Bauer, and JD Martinez as well. So, um, if you want to get into which free agents in general, or, or off of those, what you think would be a, a good signing for the White Sox, feel free. Definitely
0: love the Solar contract. Uh, he, I think he deserves it. You know, I've been watching him do his thing for many years now. Um, so definitely happy for him. I think it's a great fit. That Giants team is definitely going to be one to watch, I think. Not just with the addition of him, but I think that team is uh is planning something, you know, kind of quietly uh a little bit. But uh one person that uh I definitely want to see sign is Trevor Bauer. I'm a Trevor Bauer fan. Um same. You know, I I don't know why I, if at all, he gets uh, any hate. seems like the most amount of hate he's getting is from MLB itself, uh, and that's probably not what you want. Um, but I could easily see him in the White Sox lineup. I can easily see him in the Cubs lineup. I mean, he's a solid pitcher. I think he's proved that, especially going over overseas and playing. So, And he's got good stuff. He's still young. He throws hard. He's going to throw strikes too, and – I don't know why you wouldn't want that on the team. It's hard to find, to be honest, especially a guy with uh with experience at elite levels already. It's like, I don't know. I mean, it's all pitched, water under pitched, the bridge. He
1: pitched in a World Series, pitched p- playoffs multiple times, took a low market team, <clears throat> small market team like the uh the 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 Indians uh to playoffs multiple years in a row and with him Shane Bieber uh Francisco Lindor, all those guys are kind of the staples there. Uh, I don't think picking a war with Rob Manfred was a good idea from Bowers' point of view. That's probably going to hurt him. I think it's going to be a uh, a red flag to teams that are looking. Because he's going to sign. I, I doubt he signs more for than, than league minimum. Um, I don't think significant money is going to be paid out to him. At least for the one-year deal. And I saw reports that he was still pumping like ninety six to ninety eight, which is insane. Um, and I think a team will end up signing him to something. Like if not, then it's just it's like Yasiel Puig type of like banishment. Like Puig hits free agency after going with the Dodgers, and all of a sudden it's like poof, nothing. So I think for both the Cubs and the White Sox, I think for the White Sox he makes just so much sense because you have so much unpro un proven talent in their lineup. And if you sign him for a one-year deal on league minimum, and he's anything good, and if he's like, let's just theoretically say he's like Cy Young, Trevor Bauer, 2020. Like, that's what he can give you over a course of a half a season. You guys could flip him, flip him for a solid prospect package, even as a rental. So, I think for the White Sox, it makes all the sense to at least explore that avenue. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, right? Trevor Bauer might not be the best cultural fit. Any team, but I mean, from what we've seen, the White Sox don't really have a good culture, anyways. So, if you can get some prospects out of it halfway through the year, why not?
0: Hey, I'm optimistic about the culture. I think it's changing, uh, especially this year, because you know what? It couldn't fucking get worse. Last year was so brutal. There was no such thing as culture. Grafal let these guys do whatever they wanted. And I don't even know if he really took accountability for that, but that was the word that was. Going around and especially on his behalf, you know, you you can't control your team, but now we're going to give you another year to, you know, do the same thing. I mean, with that said, the stuff I've been hearing around spring training, like even I think Rafal said it this, like either today or sometime this week, that he likes what he sees and the effort that's going into this ball club and um, the mindset around this team is. Changing, Uh, where Trevor Bauer could fit into that, I don't know. You know, I'm not on the field. I'm taking
1: taking his opinion with a grain of salt. Of course, the manager is going to be like, "Hey, we had a shit culture last year under my watch. We're we're getting better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like I'm not saying he's a liar or anything. I just, I'll believe it when I see it. You know? Well,
0: that's that's going to be this whole year for this team. is That phrase, "I'll believe it when I see it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So. I guess you know. And another phrase is "we'll see." I've been hearing <laughs> a lot of a lot of that
1: around this team. Yeah, kind of getting. I'm sick of it already. Honestly, I agree. And I think you know, on the subject of, of pitchers, I think Bauer would be a great a great pickup there. Just just honestly, just to trade him. Like if he's anything, you get you're getting something back for nothing. It's a win win for, for literally also, the league minimum. Well,
0: he, I think he was also saying, "I'll do incentive based." Contracts. I think it's
1: fair, Uh-oh. but Brandon Woodruff is another name that makes a ton of sense for uh, the White Sox. I mean, again, he's hurt. He's. I, I, I mean, thought just, you were going to say the Cubs there. I think. I mean, yeah, probably, but I'll, in this in this case, I'll give you a White Sox because I have a couple other players that wouldn't be good fits for the White Sox that are very good fits for the Cubs. Um, so I think with Brandon, though, I mean, you're going to lose him. I think he might be able to come back in September right so um you're assuming here uh, strictly assumption based that cease is going to get traded allegedly at the mid-season point right you're going to need a guy to come up in september take that spot whether it's a guy they trade for or whatever someone's ready in the minors whatever it may be bring him up good to go Brandon woodruff is someone who can help you now and if he shows out and he's like oh damn like he's the exact same guy when he got hurt before, before he got hurt with the Brewers. That's a guy that you have for 2025 now that again, you can either flip on a one-year deal, or if you're like, maybe some of these prospects you guys are getting back, you guys might, maybe I doubt it, but being that like 2023 Cubs area where you got, you got some pieces to build around, you need that pitching. And he's coming in. He probably won't be that expensive. Probably two years, 20 mil, 25 mil for two years. Um, but again, it's a flyer, right? It's 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 money based. You're not paying in prospects. You're not committing long term. You're not committing huge money. Uh, so, in, in terms of that, I would say Brandon Woodruff would be like the perfect fit for the White Sox. Maybe even more so than Bob.
0: You know, just on the subject of the White Sox and their free agency, uh, a couple former White Sox. Well, I should say one former White Sox, uh, Grandal signing with the Pirates. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that one, but I did. I don't I don't think I, did, I don't think I saw the amount of money that he's getting but I don't think it's a lot it's and nuts. I guess their reasoning for it is to kind of have that veteran
1: figure behind from, the plate From what I saw they have this guy they have two young catchers on the team that both like one got like a cup of coffee one got a dozen games in I think it might have been like 80 games might have been that many but basically they have these two rookies, unproven guys at catcher, they might want to give one of them or both of them a little more time to adjust and have that veteran presence uh, behind them to kind of see how to go about the day-to-day tasks. I think having two rookie You mean catcher, the veteran catchers.
0: that was on the same team as the guys where there was no camaraderie on that team? You want yeah, to bring I in mean, a guy
1: from that team? But you can't blame y- Asmani for the culture. Right? He was a part of it, right? Everyone's to blame, but it's not like it was his doing, right? So I think just like the, how did it go about the day to day to be in a successful? Because because Yasmani had great success for a, a, like with the Dodgers, with his early years with the White Sox. I mean, he had a lot of success. So I think and a lot of ups and downs as well. So I think bringing in that veteran for veteran catcher for the for the Pirates with them having two young uh, catchers, one with Henry Davis and the other I forgot his name. Uh but I think that's a lot there's a lot of value to add there. Uh just maybe not on the baseball side of things, or maybe they're maybe they they're also being like, Hey, we think his back can bounce back. Uh we could tweak it through a few things. So uh do I do like the signing though. I remember I saw the article and it was clickbait, uh, and it was like NL Central team signs Yasmani Grandal, and I was like, Please don't tell me it was the freaking Cubs. And I click it and I'm like, Thank God. Thy relief came through.
0: I was like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, I would I was kind of glad that he was gone um, a little bit. I mean, his 2022 performance was just hard to watch. Yeah, he walked a little bit, but um, just you you know that it's a a pretty good chance that he's going to get out no matter what the situation is. Um, When he does connect, you know, he can hit as far as anybody. It's just it's getting there and seeing the ball better. Agents,
1: you're – any other free agents you're looking for for the White Sox to sign? Well, before I, I say
0: that, I don't know if they're really going to sign anybody else like to that caliber. Um, I was thinking maybe uh, Merrifield, but he just got he's signed. Gone. He just Blue got is. signed. But, no, TA7, Tim Anderson. He's getting an offer from Miami. Uh,
1: now, is, it, is it a done deal, or is it still in that phase of like they're still looking to – to find a number. I think it's a definite, um, offer from
0: Miami, but I don't think anything's been signed at this day. Um, we're recording on Sunday, the 18th right now. So, um, I, I don't know why he wouldn't take that contract no matter what amount of money it is. Cause that season, yeah, you've had history that could back up your credibility, but last year was bad. Terrible. You got in a fight on the field. <laughs> I forgot about
1: that. He <laughs> He knocked him the fuck out, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he stepped it the wrong sweet. That was sick. The wrong way. It's about the south right side as it, it gets out. right there, man. But, I mean, it'd be nice to play in Miami, too. He'd probably,
1: he'd be, like, he'd, be like, uh, he'd be like Dennis Rodman. He was on the polls. <laughs> where is he? Nightclub. We'll get him before the game. You never
0: know. You never know. But, uh, <laughs> I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't take that offer.
1: Yeah, especially because nobody years of else service has been is, really
0: reaching out. I don't and, think.
1: Well, they they need it. He's going to start, right? You're he's going to start bets. at Miami. They don't have a shortstop. He's going to get at bats. He's going to it, like take the proven be next deal. To Jake Berger. That'd be fun. Yeah, back with an old teammate. Um, but I think he's got to take it because years of service in this industry is mm-hmm. just as valuable, not just as valuable, but pretty valuable comparatively to. Um, to, to the money right because once you hit your 10-year mark you're you're vested uh, for life you and your family so i think that's huge in terms of health and pension and all that good stuff right um yeah let's uh let's briefly talk about
0: you know i guess i was gonna say big three but it's really big four that are still not signed from boris
1: yeah so this is where i'm gonna get into the cubbies yeah right here so we got cody bellinger um, and this is all Scott, and for those that are like, Who the hell's Boris? Scott Boris, super agent. Um, uh, basically, anytime you see a gigantic deal, it's usually at the hands of Scott Boris, except for Yamamoto and Shohei. Uh, they used uh, Joel Wolf for Yamamoto, and I forgot the agency that Shohei uses, but um, anyways, um, we have Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, and Jordan Montgomery for Scott Boris clients. So, essentially, what I like the Cubs to do. Is obviously bring back Bellinger. Um, he could play first base, he could play center field. I think in Bellinger Bellinger's market right now, I think the Cubs have the best deal on the table. I don't think they're going above six years, and I don't think they're going above 150, 160 million. I'm seeing reports now that like the twins would be interested in a short-term high AAV deal. And it's like there might be pressure from Scott Boris to, to so it's it's basically I think what it comes down to with, with Bellinger is is does he want the guaranteed more money, whatever that may be with the Cubs, on a longer deal, or do they want like a Carlos Correa type of deal when he signed with the, uh, what was it, the Twins? Like the, th- what was it, three years, $105 million, which Billinger will not come close to with that. And I wonder if they're going to try to get something like that where, you know, if it works out, there's a really good year, he can opt out and hit free agency next year, age 29, or... Or, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's like, damn, like, they were right. It was a fluke year. Um, you know, he, get, he gets paid a significant amount of money. I'm just curious at which way. And Boris will wait. Boris has waited past the all-star break before. Um, so I really want Bellinger. I think he'd be a great fit. I I don't really have much to discuss there on that. I think anyone listening to this that watched the Cubs last year is like, yeah, Cody Bellinger needs to be a cub. Um, I mean, even
0: Swanson was voicing his opinion.
1: Oh, yeah, Nico, Swanson, I've heard it, Ian Happ. I, I think they, they all want them. They all love them. So, like, I want them. Right. I, don't, I don't think, though, I, I'm not comfortable. And it's not my money, so it sounds dumb. But I'm not comfortable paying him 200-plus mil and seven, eight-plus years. Like, it's just we got burnt with Hayward on that. Um, You know, as good as Bellinger's been, that's a big risk, right? Uh, let's just say it's $7,200. That's $28 million a year for a guy that – if he gets hurt or something happens for his next seven, or he just underperforms, that's a lot of money going to a guy who can play good center field. But you got PCA, and realistically, will probably be first base fairly soon once PCA is ready. Um, but yep, I hope they sign. I hope hope they sign him. We'll see. Uh, Matt Chapman don't want him. I don't care what the deal is. I don't care for how long. I don't care if it's for a dollar a year. I don't want him. Uh, If you look at his stats, I know, hot take. Uh, If you look at his stats last year, he had one month, I think it was like April, where he had like a 217 WRC+, plus, which is like Barry Bonds level, in MVP prime, which is insane, and then five months of terrible baseball. Um, Great third baseman, but he also comes with a qualifying offer, which means if we sign him, we lose a draft pick. Our second-round draft pick, I don't want that. Not that I want to hug draft picks, but I think for – the level of production you got there, I just don't think it's worth it. And we'll get into this later, but they're also, you know, from Morell's in the big leagues and his bat's electric. And if he can play even slightly below, below average defense at third base, he's going to be a star.
0: Also, there's crazy talent in college baseball. I've been watching some highlights already of, you know, opening day. Disgusting. And, like kids are so good nowadays. I mean, just watching even the – what was it? The top four teams in college baseball like had tough games, like almost lost to unranked teams, and mm-hmm. um, so like everybody is talented in the D one level, and draft picks are going to be hard to come by, and you're going to want the best ones yep. available because there is a drop off of skill level. You know, you Major. got the the really good kids. Um, you know, like the White Langford or uh, Paul Skeens, like those guys are going to tear it up in the MLB, even though they did well in college already. And it's like,
1: you could have one of those guys on your team
0: if you Mm -hmm. keep that draft pick, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing too, is you find, I feel like, you know, I've been covering prospects since 20 or Cubs prospects, I should say since 2017, I started getting into it. 2018 is when I really got into it when they drafted Nico uh, Horner. Like when you, when you, fall outside those top five, ten picks, roughly. That's when the talent starts to drop off a lot. But on other terms, though, I feel like you're finding a lot more studs in that second, third, fourth rounds than you did back in the day. Back in the day, it was, like, pretty rare. You'd find the occasional Albert Pujols or whatever. But um, I feel like now, like, even if you're a second, third, fourth round draft pick, like, you have a very, very good shot to make the big league club and be a, like an everyday performer. If you're looking for a college baseball team to watch, if you're like, man, I don't really watch college baseball, Wake Forest, that is oh, the yeah. team to watch every year. I feel like they just find either in the transfer portal or freshmen that are just like pitching, especially like they, they just find studs. I was I don't watching know highlights today
0: actually of them playing oh, yeah. in Illinois. And uh, I mean, Illinois pitcher, I forget his name, but it was actually a pitching battle. For a little bit, and then Wake Forest opened it up with a grand slam mm-hmm. to go it's up all- for Wake four Forest nil.
1: is electric. There is so much fun to watch. Yeah, um, I was watching
0: Burns pitch, and he had eight strikeouts in four innings. The first four innings, just
1: gross. Um But yeah, no, no, Matt Chapman pass. It is a hot take. It is, and I just, and it's not that I don't think he's a good player. It's just like and it also you sounds a like
0: you are discrediting him
1: for five months out of the year. Yeah, I am one hundred percent. <laughs> it's the big leagues eat or get eaten sorry um if, you're, if you want a hundred something plus million you got to perform sorry this isn't uh you know this is we don't get participation trophies here um That's true. if you're looking for that contract you, you need yeah and you we, need lose a, yeah, yeah, we, lose, we lose a show you we lose draft picks and, and then we and then we create a hole right because we got matt shaw in the minors we got christopher morell who could definitely play third base maybe Um uh, i feel like you're blocking because you got nico you got nico and and dansby up the middle for at least the next 3 years. Right? There's no one no one's going to unless someone is just disgustingly good in the minors which again, they're not there right now so it would take a couple of years to develop them. They're not getting moved. Um Blake Snell. I don't got much to say here. I don't want him. I know um you know he's looking want for him. a 9-year contract. Yeah, and I don't he's 31 years old. Like I'm not comfortable with that. He had a Cy Young year this year. He did great. Uh, again, you comes already a have com- a workhorse
0: on your team, Hendricks. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm going some- back to is like you could just sign Bauer for one year. Sign Bauer. Sign Woodruff if you know if you're afraid of losing Hendricks. Sign Woodruff. Give him a two-year deal, something juicy. I don't know. Like I think there's other avenues than giving out. Like and pitching is so. I we talked about this a little bit last podcast too. Pitching is so volatile. So it's like to give that much money to a pitcher that's especially, like, like, you look at, like, Yamamoto, you're like, oh, well, like, he got a ton of money. He's 25, and he was one of the – he was, like, the best pitcher in Japan other than that one other guy whose name I just escapes me. Like, But he's 25. Like, you paid him, what, I think he got, like, a 10 or whatever, whatever, how many years, right? He's going to be in his prime for the next 10 years. So for that type of deal, it's like, yeah, you might as well take the gamble. Um And then here comes Jordan Montgomery. I would love, if if there was two more moves left, my favorite moves would be Cody Bellinger and Jordan Montgomery. Those were the two I'd want. I think you solidify your rotation with a true number two, which we talked about last week, which I really wanted. I think that rotation goes from good to great with Jordan Montgomery in it. I don't think it breaks the bank on years or money, at least in terms of what Blake Snell would be looking for. And I think you get some longevity, you get a veteran, you give another year. And and realistically, like baseball is not like it was in the eighties and nineties when you had Fergie Jenkins throwing 350 innings a year, right? Um, It's a new age of baseball where you're going to need seven, eight pitchers to, to get through an entire season starters, uh, to get through an entire season, which we luckily have right now. Um, But those would be the two I would really want uh, from a Cubs perspective. And then, if I had to get one more, I would say JD Martinez. Give me that. No, you are just being hit. greedy. Now, not on top typical of that, typical Cubs fan. Not on top just of those two signings. Want the I world I just don't want to pay for it. The minute I saw that Christopher Morrell was moving, like was the council said, we're giving him a shot at third base. Instant thought in my head was JD Martinez DH. Get him in there now. Get him in there yesterday. Let's let's start getting him some BP, hitting hitting homers at Sloan Park. Let's get him going. Let's get the juices flowing. So that's really what I want. That'd be nice. J.D. Martinez would be nice with one of Cody Bellinger or Montgomery. I'd really like Cody Bellinger. But that's really all I had. I think we talked about the other guys. Um, Everyone else that's a free agent doesn't really move the needle for me much. You know, they're probably might sign a reliever or a minor league deal here or there. Uh, But I don't think there's anyone else that really moves the needle for for the Cubbies.
0: Well, let's go right into potential rotations then. You know, you started talking a little bit about – um, you know, Jordan Montgomery being able to, to solidify a rotation spot, obviously. Yep. But let's say you take him out of the equation. What does your projected rotation look like for the cubbies?
1: Mm. I mean there's four locks for the Cubs. Um Which is Justin Steele, good. Jameson Tyone, Shota Imanaga, uh Shota Imanaga, and uh Hendricks. So you got those four and then you have – man, I'm trying to do this from memory. I'm losing it. Javier Assad. you have Jordan Wicks, you have Drew Smiley, and you have Hayden Wisniewski who are have all started. Uh, they're swingmen, I would say. And for those that don't know, swingmen is just someone that can give you like three like three plus innings of relief. Uh, piggybacking is also what they call it. Um, so that fifth spot's up for grabs. I know last year hey Hayden nesky won that fifth spot. Um, Council also spoke very highly of Wisniewski when he came over as like very, like very much because Wisniewski didn't have a great year, but Council was very much on high on Wisniewski. So that'll be interesting to see. Realistically, I think, um, you know, people are like Jordan Wicks, Jordan Wicks, Jordan Wicks. I think Javier Assad might have a better shot at that fifth rotation spot. I think he might be more consistent for sure. Well, I mean, in the in his last seventy nine innings in the back half of the year, he had a sub three ERA uh, as a reliever and as a as a reliever and as a starter last year. I think he threw one hundred and nine total innings. I think it was pretty split between starting and reliever. Not split, but like thirty innings pitch relief, the rest starting um, or piggybacking. Um, I think he had a sub three ten ERA doing both roles. So I guess it really depends how they want to structure the lineup, right? If they're like, hey. Uh, we want all our best players in there. They're probably going to put Wicks as a starter because Wicks is not a reliever. He will. He's not a reliever. That's not what he's up there for. He doesn't have the stuff for the one inning. He is going to be the guy you go in there to be a typical big league average with some upside starter, which has a ton of value, especially on a rookie contract. Um, but I think Javier Assan, I, I think he has the best shot just because he has more innings, more results over the last two years. Um, And he could be a dude. He could be a dude, I think. You saw him. He was, you saw him in the World Baseball Classic. You saw him last year in MLB. I think he is the upper hand, but it really comes down to how they're going to configure this roster, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, having four locks alone is a luxury. It doesn't, it might not feel like it because you still have a question mark, um, but that question mark is not very big. You know, you still have people who can go out there and
1: perform at a, pretty solid level and good backups too. Yeah. So now the White Sox, right? That was easy. The Cubs one, we knew was going to be quick and easy. Quick, quick, you know, splurge there. Uh, And I say that being a
0: luxury because, you know, the amount of question marks we have at the rotation. uh, I'm going to give you as much time
1: as you need to get through the White Sox situation because you had Getz sitting there going, we have 14 possible starters in camp this year. And my head just went, there's no fucking way that half of these guys are even MLB talent levels, let alone starters. So if you want to go ahead into that and go, give me your maybe two locks you have, maybe three if you want to be ballsy with it, and then go into who else you think fills it out, be my guest.
0: So, I mean, this entire year, and they're going to reiterate this a lot, everybody's fighting for their not only position, but their career right now. This is kind of like their showcase year. Uh, it's a showcase team, really. Their expectations are low, and there is no ceiling. Um, we, they want to see what these guys can do. I found out that the premise of this offseason was basically to get a better defense and play a different type of baseball. Um, I've been hearing the word aggressive. They want to try to be aggressive, either on the base paths or whether that means hitting. I just know that there's not going to be a whole lot of production hitting.
1: Real quick, yeah. just because you said defense, and I generally don't know. Who the hell is your shortstop? Uh, who, did you, Paul, who did you sign? Paul D. Young. Oh, God. Okay, go on. Continue. Sorry. Paul D. Young. Um, I know you got Montgomery. I know you got Colson Montgomery lurking in the background, but geez. I mean,. And he's good. I really hope, just
0: to get off topic a little bit, I really hope that they don't bring him up that quickly. Like maybe past the three quarter mark of the season, I need him to fail in Charlotte in AAA, A um, before he fails in the MLB. Well,
1: I'll give you, I'll give you something. So, Colson Montgomery was the guy I really wanted the Cubs to draft. Uh, what was that back in twenty? 20- one no twenty two. It was Kate Horton draft. I think no, it wasn't. It was twenty one, I think. Uh, but I really wanted them to draft him, and they did not. They chose Jordan Wicks, which I'm fine with now. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a pretty good option, especially having Dansby. Dan, we have Dansby now at, at shortstop, so it's like whatever. But he's failed down at the lower levels, so I think I, I think he's going to be a stud. That's that's my opinion. I'll keep it short. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, he's he's going to be pretty solid. I just want him to. Get brought up the right way um you know picture this guy as a potential franchise player you know you got him on your team don't do what you usually do and just get rid of your talent right before you know they want to actually be productive um so i i would like to see him get in he's not going to be on the opening day roster but i would like to see him within the roster at some point this season, just to see, uh, but definitely eager to see what he does in triple a. Um, and one thing on our shortstop position before we, I go back to the rotation for the white Sox, uh, we still got Nikki Lopez who was probably going to be our second base, but he could also go to the, the <laughs> counter is giving a thumbs down when I said that name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, So, he could also switch and go to the shortstop position. But uh, another guy we're bringing back, I don't know if you knew about this, uh, we're bringing back, or at least inviting Danny Mendick to spring training. He uh, signed signed with the White Sox again. I like Danny Mendick. I'm a Danny Mendick fan. Um, He's a solid hitter. You know, he makes good contact. He... uh, was a crucial component in a lot of those games that he played. Um, I didn't think that we were actually going to get rid of him, but I'm glad he's back. So that's another option of shortstop. That's one that of those got.
1: names. That's one of those names where I'm like, oh yeah, he definitely played for the White Sox. It's also one of those names where I can't think of one situation he was in that he did something cool. So
0: he has one of those guys. Hits. A lot of, one of, one of those guys.
1: Hits. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, Mr.
0: Cubs fan. I don't think you're going to be watching too much of Danny Mendick, especially when he first started. <laughs> but uh, anyways, back to the rotation. The only Go. lock, if he stays, is Dylan Cease. There, obviously, we're going to have to fill those spots in with the guys that we got. But as far as uh, a number one is going to be Dylan Cease. And I think he probably will be on the opening day roster. I don't see him getting traded before that. Um, their price tag is remaining high, you know, whether that's, you know, it's,
1: you know, it's high when the Orioles lose Braddish and they're not even looking at C. Honestly, it's
0: too high. Like they're trying to get maybe lucky with this and they don't feel like they need to get rid of him. You know? Um, I mean, it better be a pretty solid deal,
1: but it would only make sense if they're like, yes, we know we have the money to extend him. He's a Boris guy. He's not going to take an extension, more than likely. Boris doesn't do extensions, so I think I eventually he will get traded.
0: It's just yeah. whether it's in the near future or not. Like that remains to be seen. But uh, another, another probably lock is Eric Fetty. Okay. Um, like they, him, they, I like they him. Like, and they like him a lot too. Uh, he will fit into this rotation. Uh, pretty well, I think. I think he'll be able to showcase what he was successful in in Korea. Um, Did he sign a
1: two-year deal, do you know, or a one-year deal? I don't think it was one year. I think I it was at least it, I two think or three. One, I think it was one with an option. An option. Maybe. It's potential. I personally, I don't I thought it was two know years. the
0: exact contract. Yeah, me either. Um, Damn. But another one that they probably want to start is going to be Michael Kovac. Uh, I think he can have a, a bounce back year a little bit. Um, it, I think I don't think he'll walk as many guys. I don't think he'll lead the league in walks
1: this year. you have Tommy John? See Tommy John. He's a Tommy Tommy a john guy,
0: right?
1: Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, I think it's time. Two to, or three years ago, I think it's time to make him a reliever. I think it's about. Well, that see, time.
0: and you know, no job is safe right now. He definitely could get booted to the bullpen. Um, but speaking of bullpen. A guy that also really wants to start, but he himself is saying the words, we'll see, uh, is Garrett Crochet. He wants to start. I they want to try him. and get him a starter. I don't know if he has enough innings to really jump right in there. But, I mean, if you if you want the guy to start, you got to start training him like you, you gotta, want him you gotta, to start. You got to ramp
1: up. You got to get up exactly. there. Exactly. I love gotta, him. He's another guy, too, where I'm like, I wish we would have drafted him. And that time you guys drafted him before. That was a. Uh, yeah, was 2020, it was twenty twenty. It was twenty twenty, twenty twenty draft. I think he seems uh, healthy. I think he's he so good. Probably could do
0: it. Can he withstand that many innings? Like no, every five he, days he's, he's on an he's on a,
1: he's on an innings limit for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't I think mean, he crosses it sixty. What, what uh, they see out of him, but another is Michael Soroka.
1: I, I think he's, he's got, a lock.
0: He's got a lot of talent. I'm honestly surprised that the White Sox got him. I think he... uh
1: Yeah, they got like... Because that was for... Was that, that was a bummer trade. a bummer? They mm-hmm. got like five players or four players that were like, meh. And then all of a sudden it was like Soroka. And I was like... I'm like, that's not a bad candidate for a bounce back. Like, that's... I'm surprised they,
0: that the Braves are willing to get rid of him. Yeah. But...
1: I was kind of shocked at it too because he only had like one bad year, I think. You seem sure to be able to like, correct that.
0: Let me see how old he is. He's 26 he like years 28. old. He's yeah. 27 um, He... Uh, He's got. He's definitely has the innings. He's got the experience, you know. Um, it's just whether or not he can actually perform. Uh, another one that you'll probably see within the rotation at some point, uh, whether they're working things out or they're just going to get him innings, is Tuki Toussaint. Um,
1: I love that name. I love that name.
0: It is a good name. Not um, the player. The name.
1: <laughs> it had to be clear. On. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and then a, a couple other names to sprinkle in is going to be uh, Chris Flexen and Jared Schuster. Schuster, I think, can mm. do pretty well. Uh, I like Schuster in that rotation. So, and I he's if they young. give
1: the ball to Nistrani? But yeah, because Nist- you guys Nistrani? Uh, yeah, I think Nistrini? he'll
0: definitely get some. I think innings.
1: he might see some time there too, because he's he's like your top, top five prospect in your organization now. Again, it's you like for who him, you
0: want to start in AAA and see what they do instead of just putting them on the 40-man.
1: Yeah. I like um, – what was the guy he came over from Korea? I said I loved him earlier. F- Fetty? What was his name Eric- again? Eric, Eric Fetty. Fetty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great signing because I think, again, kind of going back to the point earlier I made with Brandon Woodruff and Bauer, like if he's good and the White Sox suck and he's cheap – uh, you're going to get a nice little package for him at the end of the – the, somewhere in July. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's all uh, – I think they
0: are optimistic about their pitching, uh, whether that's in the rotation or that's out of the bullpen. Um, but like I said earlier, they were really focused on giving these pitchers defense to not worry about giving up runs and um, try to fortify their – their innings and a little bit better than they did last year. We'll see how, how it uh, all
1: pans out, but uh, I do think it'll be fun. I think it's going to be a fun thing to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of what the fuck is this team is even serious right now, but I think there's also going to be, I mean, like when you have, when you have your manager saying you have 14 guys that could be viable for starting rotation. I know baseball is a tricky thing, but like, You would think one of them, like, and let's take out the obvious, like Dylan Cease. Like, I think one, like one of them stepping up and becoming a viable starter, starter shouldn't be that big of an ask, in my opinion. I would say more than one of one of those guys. You would hope for more, but I I would say at least one's a win. And like, because like you still like the younger guy, the prospects. It's like you can kind of let them. You can kind of let that, like, what was it, Nastrani? You said his name was? Nistrini. I always his names wrong. Nistrini. Like, if he sucks his first year, who cares? He's a rookie. He's going to learn from it, right? But, like, maybe, like, more veteran guys like Soroka, Kopek, like, they probably have a lot shorter leash. So it'll be fun to see how Pedro kind of goes and, and manages all that. That'll I think that'll be a fun thing, too. Because when the Cubs sucked in 21 and 22, like, one of the fun things was seeing, like, what guys you got and who's legit and who's getting the boot next year. And because it, it, it's like the one thing you look forward to is like, who's this new guy pitching? Who's it like? You know, hey, like just the optimism of it.
0: Yeah, and then it's a bonus if he does well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I think we hit rock bottom last year. At least I hope. Yeah. You know, and it it would be really tough. It honestly it might not be that hard, but well, I think to, rock bottom
1: might be the A's.
0: Yeah, and just in general. I don't think I don't see this team regressing. From last year, I think they'll actually go over their projections a little bit, especially if these guys can all come together and mm-hmm. uh, we see some of the veterans on the team um, do what they're paid to do. Not even going to yep. say supposed to do what they're paid to do. Like mm-hmm. you know, Mancata. You know, I'll talk a little bit about him later. He's uh, he's just gonna be one of the guys that is gonna need to perform every day. Love it, but uh, yeah. So overall. Or I guess you could be specific, you know, what are you seeing? What do you like out of this Cubs team going into spring training?
1: One, I love that Council's the manager because I, I could be dead wrong, but I genuinely think if the – if and I liked Ross as a manager. I liked him. thought he was good. thought he was growing. I thought he went through a lot of growing pains. Loved it. Um, but Council's – there's a reason why at the, at the end of each year, he's one of those three NL manager of the year. For the last eight effing years, you know that like you know what I mean? So I think like if we had counsel as our coach last year, I think we end up probably winning the NL Central and you
0: at least win he, that last game.
1: Yeah. Um so that I'm very excited about. Uh I'm very excited that they are he's like just I feel like Ross gave guys almost too short of a leash. And I get it's a playoff push. Maybe right? a little coaching like Yeah, like trying, trying to do too much, right? Like, like I liked Madden at least up until 2019. Like, I, again, I still think he was, he's a good coach, I, you know, but I think Madden did the right thing, and he just, like, when you look at that 2015, 2016, 2017 Cubs team that went to the NLCS each one of those years and won a World Series one of those years, like, he just let the kids play. Like, that was the whole slogan, let the kids play. Like, like he didn't, like... He didn't try to make Javi Baez into, like, what he – Like, Javi Baez, he's such a big name because he was, like, the first guy to, like, embrace that, like, El Mago. Like, just, like, you never know what you're going to see from him. He was much, much, must-watch TV. He stole first base, and they scored a run back in 2021. It was like – it's like you see it every year. It comes back up. It's hilarious. So I think, like, that coaching mindset I, – I don't feel like counsel is, like, as loose as Madden, but I feel like he's more – practical and playing to the strength of the lineup because you saw Milwaukee year in and year out. They weren't a great team. They weren't like world beaters. But they somehow always won the division or always made the playoffs. And it's like, now that we have them, I'm happy. Getting Chris, Chris morale, Christopher morale into third base. I love that. I, I don't think Ross would have done that. Um, because as I said earlier, if he's even a, a slightly below average defensive third baseman and with, with the bat he showed he can be, That is extreme value to the club because we have like five more years of control of him. He's 24 years old, not even in his prime yet. And then it also opens up the DH, right? Because if Christopher Morrell is now your DH, now you got Nick Madrigal or Patrick Wisdom playing third base. It kind of limits the roster and what you could do. And the other thing is, too, is that I really like with Christopher, Christopher Murrell going to third base is that now allows Alexander Canario to be the DH if need be. So Alexander Alexander Canario, sorry, Uh, he was part of the Chris Bryant trade to the Giants back in twenty. He just has unbelievable power. He's a center fielder. Um, Like, this is a guy where he, 2020, going into 2023, he was in the Dominican League, and he, in the same play, he, like, dislocated his shoulder and broke his leg in the same play. He Hmm. broke his leg, fell, landed on his shoulder, and it fucked up his shoulder. So – that's the type of guy who probably would have been on the top 100 list if he didn't get hurt, and probably would have. Con- con- he, and he played last year on the Cubs, which was amazing. He like recovered. I think that happened like December. He was on the team, I think in August or like September. It was like a very shock. But I think that's a guy where like you want to see what he can do because like he has 30 home run potential. He's got good outfield defense. And I think Christopher Morrell going to third base, it really expands the lineup a lot. So Man. is that a lock that he's at third base now? Yeah. I don't know. Like if he's like in spring I also training. Heard, and they're like, uh,
0: I heard Madrigal was taking reps at third
1: base too. Well, he was our third baseman last year for like he split and he was actually a really good defensive uh, third baseman. He had 10 outs above average in like limited innings there. Mm. So like he was really good, surprisingly. Um, I was happy with it, but again, he doesn't have power. Um, you know, Nicky strikes, you know, it's like cool. You uh, can hit the ball well, but you kind of want that power. You want that power on your, on your corners, outfield and infield, right? That's what you prefer. But I think I think just Morel going to third, it's not a lock. Um, I think if he shows up in spring training and they're like, oh yeah, he can't make a play there. Uh, you know, he's fielding like 900, like probably not a, a lock. Um, but I think the, the, the tune has changed on him since the beginning of the year cuz beginning of the year it was we're going to get him reps at first base. That's that's where we're putting him, first base. And then he went to the Dominican League or the Dominican the yeah, words are hard today. Sorry folks. Dominican <laughs> League and he played third and made like really good plays. Um so it was awesome. So I don't think it's a lock but I do think I would say it's probably over an 80% chance he's your opening day third baseman. Yeah, I I think he should
0: be. Um he's pretty solid uh at the corner. I mean, you know he has the offensive uh, aspect to him. Um, but I honestly think that the biggest signing, uh, even if Belly does resign, I think the biggest signing that the Cubs had was counsel. I think one hundred percent. that is like the craziest uh, pickup that the Cubs have had in a very long time. He's... He, uh... He knows good. how to beat the Cubs, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he, I think he definitely understands this team uh, because you're, you've got a lot of returning guys, and obviously you got to see that firsthand on the Brewers. But he's just a, a solid coach. Um, he's got the credentials to, to prove it. And I'm excited to see what he will do with the team. I think the
1: big thing, too, real quick. On council is that you paid them all this money, right? You've given five years, 40 mil, highest paid manager in MLB history. But you do it, you, you probably bought yourself five plus wins, probably. And it doesn't count towards your MLB payroll tax. So that's like the big thing too. Like you improved the lineup, you improved your roster, you improved the amount of wins you're going to get. And it doesn't even count against the luxury tax. That's the best part about it.
0: I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Pretty I'm excited. Solid. You should be. At least more excited than I am. Uh, but it's hard to be excited uh, because as a as a fan, as a White Sox fan, you want to see the progress. You want to see something happen uh, out of this rebuild. I know they haven't explicitly called it a rebuild, but everybody knows that it, it really is. And um, going into the spring training, got a lot of eyes on, on this team and uh, a lot of eyes on some big players on the team, or they need to be bigger players. Uh, and That's kind of what I, I wanted to talk about next, like X-Factor players. Like, who needs to do well on this team is going to yep. be Juan mancada It's going to be Eloy Jimenez. It's going to be Andrew Vaughn, who you've seen these strokes of greatness out of these guys. Um, they yeah. all have beautiful swings. Uh, it's just whether your approach at the plate is going to – be better than it has been. And I'd say it's even harder to do so after the year that you've had, like last year. But it, there's really no excuse right now. Like, it's going to be a next man up mentality no matter who you are. Everybody's replaceable. And if you don't perform this year, you know, there's going to be even more questions asked.
1: You want to hear my hot take on Johan? If he didn't sign that contract extension, when he was a rookie or here after he was a rookie I think he wouldn't be on the team right now I think he'd be gone he was the
0: number 1 prospect in the world at one point I know and he had and one good year of baseball to show for it I mean some of the home runs that he's had is like as soon as the ball hits the bat you know it's gone you don't even need to see where it goes he's had he has that type of swing from both sides he's still a switch hitter and he's solid from both sides it's the same swing on each side of the plate, which is honestly hard to do. And Mm -hmm. to do it well at this level is obviously even harder. But like I said, it needs to come to fruition a little bit this year. And I'm pretty sure he is the highest paid player on the team. So he needs to show for And
1: I also was there for his first home run against the one and only Mr. Cy Young winner, Jake Arrieta at the Crosstown yeah. Classic back in 2017. So that was cool. saw that. Yeah. And I was like, damn. I was like, this dude's got some pop.
0: He does. And he's good at third base. You know, you need that reliable corner. I think he was better defensively than Berger was. Uh, I think Burger yeah. made a little bit more errors. That's probably the only downside Berger had because his bat wasn't an issue for the most part. Not at all. He was great. Um, but, you know, Mankata's still reliable on the corner it's just we need you to to hit although i don't even know if the focus is on run production this year i think they're going to try and win games but it's also really hard to win games when you score only four runs or less especially with yeah. this new
1: pitching staff that you have so didn't you guys get like screwed speaking about wins didn't you get i don't know what the draft order is but didn't you guys get screwed out of like the lottery? Didn't you guys get the short end of the stick there? You guys yeah, like, moved I, down a couple picks from what you're supposed to be picking at, like top four. You're like down to, like six or seven or something.
0: I don't know if we got down to six or seven. I thought we were like five or maybe around maybe. there. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I know at one point it was looking that we were going to get the number one pick and then mm-hmm. dropping down to two or three, and then I, I want to say we got
1: five. Okay, um, that's not bad. top five's five is great in this in this game, but you but, have to win. You have to win because you can't, can't have 101 side. losses.
0: Yeah, like so. It's... I mean, let's hope that is the the floor, and it's only up. Give me, from here. give me,
1: give me another, give me another breakout guy. Give me another X factor that you need to perform. Mm. You need to like, hey, we need to pick this up.
0: I don't know if about picking it up because you know if you look at his stats for last year, they were kind of solid, but we need him to be even better as Andrew Vaughn.
1: Yes. I love that. I was really hoping you were going to go there.
0: Andrew Vaughn. I mean, we've seen it. He's got such a fundamental swing, um, for any young baseball players out there, take a slow motion video of this guy swing. Like he is got the perfect concrete fundamentals for swinging a baseball bat. Um, and it's just I've seen him have a little bit of struggle with certain approaches. Maybe when he gets in like counts that are like down, uh, or at least not in his favor. But he still had a solid RBIs. I don't exactly remember how many he had last year. But more than anything, we need him to be more clutch. He's going to be hmm. probably in that three to five spot in the lineup, and. Those are production guys. So those two guys, if they can perform at their elite level like we've seen in the past, it, that could be the difference of a few ball games, a few wins here and there um, to get. I don't know about division, like contention, but this is also a division where if you did have everything come together in a productive way, it's not out of the question. Not These teams, are they can struggle on any given day. Mm-hmm. You have some really good players on all those teams, but it's always been a division where it's competitive enough to where you can progress in that um, divisional wins and losses.
1: 100%. And I think I, I'm my hot take, I have a hot take for every damn player, but my hot take on Vaughn is he needs to sell out for more power. Yeah. He needs more power. He needs uh, – I don't – if his K rate goes up, if needs his lift batting the ball average a goes more. down, start hitting more homers, dude. You're first baseman, big boy. Yeah. Go yard. Hit some, hit some dingers. Yeah.
0: I don't think he, – he's one of the guys where I don't think he really has to worry about his spot. They're not trying to replace him. They know he can no. do well.
1: Uh, he's so cheap. Why would they? He's got so much
0: upside. And Jerry here's cheap? Okay. <laughs> he jumps. Up. Sign him <laughs> up. I, speaking of Jerry, I saw something that, I don't know if this is accurate, but he's asking, uh, Chicagoans for money to build this new stadium. Dude,
1: I, I think know how much all, he's
0: asking a bill, a bill, $1 billion
1: for taxpayer money. He would love that. Um, he's got a sweet deal on, on guaranteed rate, man. He's got such a team friendly uh, deal there. I don't, I don't think he'd give that up unless it was a. As equal or better deal for this. No, new stadium, No, I think they will. They will make the new stadium. I think. They I will. think. I think Chicago. I, I genuinely think Chicago did the start of this talk, these talks, and kind of floated some stuff to Jerry to put pressure on the Bears to build their stadium in Chicago or re-sign with Soldier Field. I, I just don't they see were Jerry like breaking ground in Arlington. There's so many different ways there, but um, yeah. Well, so we'll see on that stadium talk. I'd, well, it takes probably three years to build from when the first shovel hits the ground. So you got to start thinking about it another now. It a year or two to negotiate. No, no 100%. He showed the, like, what it would look like. That'd be pretty cool. Manfred,
0: um, uh, he supports it. He said he would help course he does. progress that. Of course he would. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm sure you've heard about it, but doesn't know where it would go. It's going to go into that new neighborhood called the 78, um, right on the river. Just south of uh, the Roosevelt Bridge, I want to say Roosevelt and Clark. Could be wrong, Um, but yeah, it's going to be on that east side of the river, just right next to that Roosevelt Bridge, and it's honestly an awesome area and could be a potential like neighborhood like feel to it. And there's going to be like a lot of shops. Instead of empty parking
1: lots, yeah. And I also
0: heard that uh, you know they don't want to get rid of tailgating, so. That's huge. There's uh there's certain I want to say it's in Tennessee that there's a uh, some town that tailgates on the river. So you, you get these boats and you can tailgate alongside the river, which would be honestly pretty awesome. Can't get rid of tailgating for the White Sox. Got to give us something.
1: Yeah, you got got to have something to build your brand. But
0: uh before you know, we're closing in on that hour mark, so before, you know, we we get into the outro and uh some upcoming schedule stuff, what are some um X Factor players for the Cubs.
1: Um, so I'm thinking of three. One I already covered for a good bit. Christopher Murrell, uh again, third base. Please, fill of God, be our third baseman, be <laughs> successful. I want to see that bat take another step forward. Like we saw it last year. I'd love to see a 30 home run season out of him, uh, and just keep that electricity going, right? Like I feel like he's like the new Hobby almost, but obviously not quite Hobby, but like kind of has that similar energy. Um, kind of that everyone can rally around that loves him, you know, uh, great dude. Also, right. You always seen him seeing, see him, uh, signing autographs and talking to the young fans, right. Always great. When you see that, just to build the brand, build, build the cubbies up, uh, with young fans. Uh, and then my other two, uh, Shota Imanaga, uh, it's not really a breakout, but man, if he, I always if he's coming see as him too. If he's coming as advertised, this rotation is just going to be disgusting. Uh, and it's going to be really fun to watch it develop. Um, and it's deep too. So like, even if we lose a guy, I hope we don't lose a guy to a long-term injury or if someone needs a rest day. Um, I think we, I know we're deep enough to be able to, you know, not miss a beat and, and move forward. Right. Cause we got Javier Assad. We got Hayden was We got some guys on that back. Uh, Jordan Wicks that can kind of fill those, those, those spot starts when needed. Yeah. Um, and my third and final is Seiya Suzuki. We saw him the last two months. He broke out um, like just Barry Bonds' level of good. He was matching the ball. I feel like anytime you needed a run or you needed a clutch hit, like he was the guy you wanted up there. It was like get his bat in the lineup as many times as possible. I think if he can, he doesn't have to perform like that year round, but if he can even take 75% of that production and put it into a full season, uh, I mean, you're looking at a, you're looking at an all-star and maybe even an MVP-level player. So I think those three players. I think if they hit their quote-unquote ceiling for this year, I think you're looking at a really good ball club with a deep lineup. It's exciting. It's exciting.
0: Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to see. I'm not sure who's pitching, but this Friday starts these uh, little scrimmage games in Arizona. Spring training action um, on Friday at 2.05 Central time. The Chicago White Sox will play the Chicago Cubs. Uh, and I believe that's going to be on NBC, actually. So we'll hopefully get to watch that in a little bit. But uh, it's officially starting. Football is finally over. Don't have to worry about any of that anymore. All that stress <laughs> that comes along with, with football. Um, so it's officially baseball season.
1: I'm excited. Yeah, it's nice to be able to focus on... I mean, baseball season is a damn grind, man. You know, right? It's 162 games. It's six, seven months long, depending on how long your your postseason goes. So, I'm very excited to get. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I know you you nerd out, but I nerd out on. I don't watch every game because it's hard when you're working and and trying to you know watch, fit three hours a day, damn near every day into. Your schedule, but I definitely look at the box score and watch the highlights of every game. So it'll be fun to just pick back up. I cannot wait for spring training and see the prospects, see who's going to be on the MLB teams, how the rotation for the White Sox is going to play out, who's going to be the fifth starter for the Cubs, who's going to be. It's going to be really fun. Uh, I think it's a fun time to be a Chicago sports fan in general for baseball, um, uh, whichever way you look at it. You know, I think you know even though the Sox might not be great, I think it's it's still. A fun way to look at it in terms of what they might got going. So very pumped for the next the next eight months. So well, let's hope it'll be fun
0: uh, at least on my end. I'm well, there'll sure. be some
1: heartbreak, but you know you, you got it's love of the game.
0: Yeah, you gotta you can be optimistic all you want, but you gotta be a little bit realist mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, that's gonna wrap up our second episode of Crosstown Chatter. Um, right now we got. Uh, x uh live right now i'll be posting our this episode on uh on there as well we're on spotify and apple uh podcasts and a couple other ones or you could just head over to rss.com and uh catch our episode there but uh you can also follow us on on x it's at crosstown chats with two t's um and uh maybe in the near future we'll be on youtube and guys can see us do our thing
1: yeah i've had some i've had some people reach out i guess they're youtube babies or something because like i can only watch podcasts i'm like okay like get that done i guess
0: we can get there we can get there it's not too (laughs) difficult um but yeah that sounds good stay tuned uh next week for the next one after uh see who wins against white Sox and cubs can't wait to talk shit yeah we'll see you'll be talking shit All right. Thanks, everyone. All
1: right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.